Welcome, welcome to another episode of Kitchen Table Talk with Jason. And I'm sitting here on a kind of um, a morbid um, Sunday evening in Sweden. And I'm with um, Monsieur uh, Eero. Uh, the, 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 what, what, what tribe are you from? <laughs> Uh, I'm from the Robo tribe of the Niger Delta. Niger, Nigeria. Niger, why are you sounding like this? Please, you know, give us a little bit of authentic Nigerian because you don't sound Nigerian right now. <laughs> Do you want me to speak Pidgin English? Uh, well, yes, we'll all understand. We'd all appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can introduce yourself in Pigeons. Since this episode is talking about, you know, Pan-Africanism and being African in the diaspora. Come on. Mm. So we want to hear it. My name is Gabriel Ochuku. Mean I be a be original worry boy. Ooh, child, listen, listen. I just got wet. <laughs> uh, so, uh, G- Gabriel, you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to the audience a little bit more. What do you do? So, um, I work as a IT technical support engineer. Uh, at an IT company, we have our own solutions that we deliver to customers, and I'm responsible for maintaining those systems. Before that, I have worked at a business intelligence uh, company before, also as a system uh, software maintenance engineer. Uh, I attended um, Leking Institute of Technology. Uh, in Blekinge, that's yeah. in Sweden for everybody who doesn't know. Yeah, and I studied electrical engineering for my bachelor's and for my master's I studied wireless communication systems at Lund University. Yeah, and uh, your parents must be very proud, you know, because, you know, as we all know in, in a Nigerian African culture, is that a doctor, lawyer, engineer? Or a yes. disgrace to the family. Or a disgrace to the family. <laughs> so, you know, you are, you know, the pride, you know, and joy of the family. How is, it, how is it for you in terms of your experiences about, you know, how do you kind of keep that connectedness, you know, and, you know, that identity of being African, living, you know, in the diaspora, especially living in Sweden? I mean, where there, I guess there's tons of Nigerians here in Sweden, but... There are a lot of them, yes. Yeah, but how do you um, kind of maintain, you know, that sense of identity, that Africanness, you know, or is that not important for you? Oh, it's very important. In fact, um... It is one of the reasons why people, my friends or people I really hang out with, like me the most. Because uh, I'm not fake, I don't fake it. Because you cannot be, you cannot be a Nigerian better than a Nigerian. You cannot be a worry boy better than a worry boy, right? If you try to fake being an Oyibo man, the same thing happens, right? Oyibo man means an Zungu or a white man, right? If you try to fake being a white man, you cannot be as white as them you cannot be you cannot have a, their accent i mean people looking people are looking for uniqueness in people right and if someone is fake nobody likes fake everybody likes authenticity and originality right? mm. and so so being myself has got me gotten me places has gotten me promotion in my job by the way i'm not gonna uh, maybe we can talk about it another time but just being myself you know being very happy joyful like we are in africa nigeria people are always happy even though there is hardship people are happy i guarantee you you go there you see people smiling even though they like like the last time get suffering and smiling um mm. so 
um, I try to keep a lot of those African authenticity myself, meaning my accent. It has changed a bit, but you know, which is inevitable. You know, yeah. It, it, it's so funny because yesterday I was um, talking, you know, with um, a, a professor at um, Lund University, um, Afro-Swedish, you know, um, half half Swede, half Trinidadian, you know, born and raised here, but then he's speaks with a thick Trinidadian accent, not authentic as I, you know, I know Trini accent and a Trini accent. I'm very bad at accents, by the way. But then, you know, I was talking to him when I was with um, Yannick, you know, and he heard her and he was like, oh, that accent sounds Caribbean. And she was like, yes. I was like, we're from the same place. And he was like, he looked at me. I was like, okay, well, she, I can, you know, identify with, you know, but you, you know, where's the Jamaican? I was like, what do you mean? You can't hear it. You know, uh, and you know that, that was an interesting conversation too. It's just like you know, and living outside of the the continent or outside of um, the Caribbean, you know, it, it kind of uh, adapt different um, um, how your language changes, how your accents were. But that's not my experience because I've always, I've always spoken like this. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. It's because of colonial constructs, things that I won't delve into right now, mm. but. Yeah, so let's get back to authenticity. Um, and you said that your authenticity and people being able to connect to your authentic self, you know, has enabled you to get access to opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, just kind of um, how does that um, kind of uh, this authenticity, you know, w- you know, being authentic, you know, how does that translate, you know, to, um, you know, your? Do you think that, you know, how? Well, 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 the question I want to ask is this, this is kitchen table talk. You know what I mean? How, how do you identify, well, you identify with your Africanness, but how does this authenticity and you being authentic kind of outside of the workplace and in, in the daily life, you know, how has that you know, kind of um, impacted you know, your identity and impacted you know, your experiences with people outside of the workplace setting? It, it differs, you know. If it's a stranger, they always maybe I would I try to answer your question as best as possible. Um, people that come close to me, they get to like me for just being me. You know, they get to like me for being original. They like me for just as a person. Because when you make friendship, a lot of people think, oh, if you act posh, then you make posh friends. Or if you're hanging out with posh friends. Right, for example, then you want to act posh so that they will probably like you so that you can blend in. In the end of the day, that friendship will not last and you're just forcing yourself on them. But if you hang out with people that you share the same interests, for example, I like cycling, right? I do cycle a lot. I go to a cycling team and I was biking with them. I didn't have to change anything apart from just that I have to bike with them. I would go out, we'd hang out, we'd drink coffee, we'd drink beer. And, you know, it's interesting how everybody likes, how people have like almost common interests. Like we have a lot of similarities, more than you think, regardless of our differences, right? I may speak in a very thick Nigerian accent, but I like salsa. I like to dance salsa, for example. And I like reggae music, I like reggaeton, I also like techno music to some extent. 
and you know and sometimes we get into conversations and I mention names of uh, techno artists and rock stars you know and when it comes to reggaeton and salsa and you're just there you know for me I don't expect like a white man in Sweden to like salsa right mm. and then you just all of a sudden see them like moving and shaking and like oh I've been to salsa classes oh I like reggaeton oh I went to I went to um, uh, Bonaboy concert. Oh, I love um, you know I love Rammstein. I've been to Rammstein concert, and you just discover that you have so much in common. And and so so for me, authenticity, right, does not necessarily mean that people will not like you. It's just the people that don't know you. They're so careful because of mm. the media media stereotype. But when they really get closer to you. Mm accept you see you as authentic as you are they are like oh my god i have been a media brainwash for a long time and all those perception of oh nigerians are these or africans are these africans are uh, probably poor and broke or africans are uh, you know every other thing that they think about just completely completely disappears you know, so um it affects me in certain ways that when I see people looking at me from afar, people that don't really know me, they I see them being a little bit of um, pessimistic, asking questions based on the stereotypes. I see it, and all I just have to do is be be original and be straightforward with them. And you know, depending on the circumstances that you meet them, you know, you can be loose, loosen up with them, or you can be, you know be a little bit cautious while mm. talking to them but in 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 the general sense it is also the same thing with any stranger when you meet a stranger and i think africans should also be like this as well because we're too open if a white man comes into into nigeria for example you see everybody wants to be a friend of this white man they want to tell the white man the last time they had sex you know they just want to tell them deeper secrets that you would not tell even a, a black stranger that comes into your house you know so again uh everyone you you don't see a holy face you don't see saintly face in people just because of the color of their skin mm. right you have to like you know it's a stranger you treat them like any stranger like any other person that you see on the street which is which is what i do most of the times and which is what white people do when they yeah. see any stranger and that's what that's what i recognize with a lot of um Africans, well, Nigerians, that there's this pride that comes with them. I think it's different, you know, being African in the diaspora or living here than, than being black, you know, born or adopted or raised here because there's a different kind of you know, lens, a different kind of um, socialization because you have, I think, Africans who move here, you know, tend to have this sense of pride, a sense of strong, firm sense of identity because they're the way they were raised their upbringing you know they know who they are and as such when you enter a room and occupy a space you're not intimidated you know you go there and you take up space and place and say i am here and you don't look at the you know yourself as inferior mm -hmm. and i think that has a lot to do with it as well yeah yeah absolutely yeah 
And another thing is, you know, because I think also just to explore identities and stuff, because I think, you know, I always make fun of you as like, well, you have no business riding bicycles because that's not something that a black person does. But then we realize that we tend to put blackness and Africanness in a box. You know, it's like there are multiple identities. We're not, you know, monolithic. It's not like one dimensional. And there, you know, black people can ride bicycles too and like bike riding across the country, you know. So, you know, how has it been for you in terms of that, you know, kind of, you know, because you have different varied interests that is not necessarily or people wouldn't look at as African, you know, has that been, you know, creating any problems with you with connecting with other people within the African community, you know, since you, you know, you have such, you know, uh, revolting or something, you know, interests? No, I haven't seen anyone. In fact, I, I see... People in the African community, they when they see when they see me uh, cycling, I think they they kind of like like it. I would say because it it gives them like a sense that okay, Africans can can do it. You know, if a white man does it, Africans can do it. You know, most of the sports that we do today, the Olympic Games and everything. You know, it's the white people that do it, that did it, you know, and Africans get into the competitions and they, you know, they perform very well, you know. So, I mean, football, f- football, um, running, the Houston boats, you know, there were once white fast men. And now for, for marathons, for example, you cannot beat the Kenyans and the Ugandans, you know. Well, well that's the thing too, because well, much of these sports and these um, games, you know, back in the day, you know, black people were not, you know, allowed to participate. But then when we were allowed, we excelled and even did better than, you know, the other um, races. Well, not just to be frank, it's kitchen table talk, the saltines or the white people who used to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, let me kind of uh, delve a little bit further, kind of talk about, you know, in terms of um, your experience and, and just be frank, you know, because I, I meet a lot of, you know, people, you know, Afro-Swedish or African from a diaspora who kind of um, identify with the, you know, this is a conversation I have all the time with the, the struggle of, um, you know, struggle of, because um, I feel like... The struggle. I'm talking about racism, just to be frank. Um, racism and Afrophobia, and you know all of that. You know, packaged into together. You know, which is hidden behind stereotypes and prejudice. All of those things. You know, those layered kind of different kind of ways that people kind of show. You know, their racist um, faces. Um, how has that been for you? And uh, you know, and you know, it seems like you know. Despite that being present, you know, you've able to been able to kind of you know create a life for yourself that is f- seemingly full, you know, and seemingly you know you have been able to kind of um, despite the structural barriers and challenges, I've been able to kind of um, rise above that and create you know some kind of uh, some level of stability for yourself. Um, what's your reflection on this? Well. Um... I mean, it's 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 a thing that is there. Uh, I have experienced it, and I, uh, to be honest, uh, the, the only thing that always comes to my mind when someone is racist towards me is ignorance, because it it, it racism shows me that you are either uneducated, unenlightened, 
or just plainly stupid and ignorant right um i have been to places where i have i went to university right uh, with multinationals you know and i have seen people coming from different places who have left their home came the land stuff you know when you see people learning with you and you see them in a dignified environment you you tend to respect them right and you tend to see things from you know when you study you work in groups i was i was working in groups with chinese americans south americans and and what have you right when you get to know people in person and see that wow these people are really this person is cool and everything right when you have experienced this multinational environment you cannot just go outside and start making um stupid comments or saying things about africans in general and being scared of africans because you have lived eat work with an african and you know how it is so you cannot really just blindly follow the stereotype and so there is there is that thing so if if i see if there's anyone who's exhibiting some racist attitude and setting behaviors it's just plain ignorant they're ignorant and they're stupid and that's what it is and if they if they don't want to be called ignorant and stupid then they should go and read more books should go and check more history Africans have been way way more developed even before the European civilizations. Mm. Africa 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 had been is well advanced and even till this day there are great achievements that Africans are are doing. You know, the mainstream media probably does not does not show it enough. It tends to focus on white um, uh, white or western uh, innovations, but there are I tell you there are more african innovations than you think that has benefited the world today than you would ever imagine and that's the thing too but much of the things that we benefit from in modern day society even if if it didn't come it, it came from you know africa or it's a black person that kind of created it and then you know people have built on you know those ideas and i think maybe that's an important thing it's just a african pride and you know once you have a sense of identity and you know where you're rooted and you know about your history i think that kind of helps you to navigate um society and racism and all of these structural things it helps it helps you to kind of be more kind of um 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 pointed you know in your you know your views and you know your direction and where you want to go because those little bumps or those little ignorant comments it doesn't stop you or uh, impede you from being successful because you know who you are and you have to stand tall a lot of times i remember a lot of times i mean this is still sometimes something that affects me because i was raised to think that a white man is a some kind of god some kind of like honest and holy you know because you know my parents raised me as a christian when you see a white man you think they're rich you think they're honest you think they're pure you think they don't lie you think they don't cheat you think they don't steal right and all the time when you are in a meeting when you when you are in a working group i mean i remember you know you tend to like be even though your ideas are right are better um the the white person next to you 
you cannot assert you, you could not assert better and tell them why they are wrong sometimes because you always had this you know repression or suppression inside of you that you were born with to think that a white man is better you know but I've been able to navigate through it because I have been in places like I said I have seen I have seen when you go into going to exams with a white person and you you end up getting an A and they end up failing the exam and you wonder like hey I thought you I thought I thought like everything that everything that that was in your head that start, starts ringing bells you know and I need to thank Fela Kuti you know for one of his songs that he sang that also made me made me also more uh, made me have to get get rid of those issues that I grew up with because it's it's a cultural and and systematic thing you know mm. that you that you learn you just pick it up without knowing right so I sang this song saying colo mentality you said you were a colonial man you've been a slave man before they have released you but you've not released yourself the same thing but Mali sang how long shall they kill him um, the same thing how long shall they uh, kill our no, prophets no, not, not that one well emancipate, emancipate yourself from, from mental, mental slavery. slavery yeah none but ourselves can, can free, free our minds. minds you have to free your mind because every time you go into a conversation with a white man you're already beaten right because you're already there to accept to accept his ideas not knowing that even your ideas and suggestions are better you know not not okay maybe not all the time but like you go into a conversation you want to be upright you want to you want to air your views you want to say what you think is wrong and what you think is right you know you want to say from from a from an upright position right and if you um, if you have emancipated yourself from mental slavery you should be able to to stand upright and see yourself as equals and these this these things um, these are systematic problems that most people have, have been raised in Africa you know to to think yeah that. most people who have been raised in Africa or the Caribbean i think that's an issue that you know just is kind of um, spreads far and wide and is kind of heavily ingrained in you know all of us you know um within the black community the black african afro diaspora sporic communities and i think yeah just to round everything up i think yeah everything is bordered on free in our minds and kind of um realizing and recognizing who we are and to to get to that point we need to be more familiar with our history you know be more familiar with our people and to do more research because i think that kind of subservience come from the fact that most of us don't even know our history beyond you know before slavery and we don't know you know as you said you know the, the, the amount of innovation that has come out of africa so we look and see ourselves as less than because we don't see, we don't we don't we we're not aware because we're not taught that anything good came from the continent but on that note um I want to thank you for the conversation. Um I think we could, you know, have this conversation is so layered and we could talk, you know, go on for days and I mean I think um more space and place needs to be created to for this kind of conversation to happen but also happen not in a virtual space like this but actually happen in physical spaces. um and 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 be implemented in t- in terms of curriculum you know for children you know and people in in i mean here in Sweden the one uh, sad thing is that afro african studies is not 
you know, taught in the, within the university structure. I mean, African history isn't taught, you know, within the school, the school system, especially since, you know, Sweden had such a huge hand to play within the transatlantic slave trade, and these things are not even mentioned or even spoken about, you know, within um, the school books, because it's just like, you know, the 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 um, scapegoat or the um, the the black sheep you know, yeah. you know of Sweden. So I think more needs more of these discussions need to be had. Yeah. But um, thank you, Mister um, Evil. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't do accents, um, and I'm very bad at even doing a Jamaican accent. And I'm Jamaican, but anyways, yeah, I don't know what life has what life has done to me, but I'm damaged. I need to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure being in your podcast. And on that note, this has been another episode of Kitchen Table Talk with Jason. Bye.